What a good day this is. Is anybody happy? I trust you are doing well. I am stirred on the inside. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm stirred in a very good way about the days in which we're living. It even sounds strange to say that, but on the inside, I'm stirred up about the move of God. I'm stirred up about great harvests coming in. And, uh, and, and I tell you, signs and wonders and miracles. I tell you, uh, if, you, if you've been a part of a group that doesn't believe in that, I think that's about ready to change because God is working mightily in these days and in this hour. Praise God. Well, uh, before we get, uh, into the word today, I want to, uh, talk to you briefly about next week. Did you hear about next week? All right. We are green lighted uh, to go. And so next Sunday, uh, we will be having church live in person. And I can't wait to see you. It's going to be so much fun. We might have to move our body and move our feet and 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 whatever else that song says. And <laughs> so it's going to be a great time. So uh, just to just to get you... Uh, ready for that. Um, let me tell you a couple things. I don't want to take too long with this, but next Sunday when we are back on site in person, it will look a little bit different, although the glory will not be diminished and God's power will not be limited in any way. Uh, but we will have um, spaced seating uh, in the main auditorium here. And so there won't be as many seats as as normal for the you know, for the near future. And so that's going to happen. We are going to do the best we can to, uh, you know, honor you and, and serve God and, and honor those in authority as well. And it's only a short time. We can make it happen. We can comply and, and do some of these things for a little bit and God will still move mightily. We're going to have overflow in the youth center if we need to use that. Um, uh, it can also be used for parents with active kids, and uh, that might be a little uh, too loud for, for, for th- this main auditorium. Uh, concerning our kids' ministry, we are going to have some of that the first week, not the youngest ages. You can't keep them apart. And uh, so we're going to have uh, those up, t- up until uh, third grade, so up uh, zero to second grade will be with their families, with their parents in groups. Uh, third through fifth grade, they're able to, you know, separate the seats and so forth and do a special service for them. Of course, there'll be lots of stuff around. We're doing a great job. Our team is doing a great job with keeping the place spick and span and clean and There'll be hand sanitizers and all that kind of stuff around. All right, just want everyone to be really comfortable. If you are, if you are sick, um, you can get healed at home that week, uh, and we will be online as as we are now and as we always are. And so uh, if that needs to be the case with you, take your liberty and watch from home. Um, also, let me can I encourage you one th- in one other area? Uh, we do three services on Sunday, and our third service is the lightest attended of the three. Okay, first two are generally very equal. Second one is li- the third one is lighter. If I could get a bunch of you, come on, raise your hand if you will. Raise your digital virtual hand. Uh, uh, if some of you could come to the third service, it will help us to deal with the, the, the spacing issue. 
because we have more room in that service to do the spacing and there won't be any problem. And like I said, there will be less seats in here than normal. So if that's doable with you, that would be a big blessing uh, to the rest of the church body and we can uh, give them heaven. Amen. Amen. All right. I look forward to seeing you. It's going to be great. Let's get into some word here today. If you are ready, let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I started a new series of messages last week. This series is called Focus. All right. Can you say that out loud with me? Focus. Do I have your attention here today? Uh, I do want to encourage you, like always, you're at home. Remove the distractions right now. All right. Shut everything else off and dial in and get focused with us here in this service. You'll get much more out of it if you do it that way. All right. This is one of the most important skills that we can learn because it relates to uh, our success in all parts of life. If we will learn to focus, it will help us tremendously. Matthew chapter 6 is where we started last week, beginning in verse 22. Matthew six twenty-two. Jesus speaking here says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, and just FYI, I'm reading from New King, or reading from King James right here in this verse. That's where the word thine came from. Thine eye be single. Thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Okay, and so uh, if we have, as Jesus describes here, a single eye, or as otherwise translated, a good eye, an unclouded eye, this will produce a life that is full of light. Okay, and light is all that, that, that God is. If we have then an evil eye, or it could be stated an unsound or divided eye, uh, it will produce a life that is full of darkness. And that's everything we don't want. That's all that Satan is. That's all, uh, all that, that difficulty and hardship and evil and bondage and pain. Okay, that's the evil eye. Um, uh, one of these, basically, like I said, lets God in. The other lets Satan in. If I have the single eye, I am an invitation to God and his works and his design and plan and all of his goodness. If I have that divided evil eye, then I am setting myself up for all that Satan does. All of his works, all of his plans. And so you can see how this is kind of important for our longevity and for our success in life. Now, backing up for a moment just to the principle of focus, uh, aside from what, you're, what you've set your mind on, 
This is important. It is valuable in all areas of life, even even if it's not associated with God. I think most of us understand that the principles of the kingdom, there are universal principles that apply to all people, saved or not. There are people that are not in the family of God yet. They haven't been saved. But they are practicing biblical principles, and they are producing good results for them. Okay? I mean, you could you could say uh, the law of faith, for example. Do you know people with that are not saved can still practice some of the laws of faith? Do you know that a person who's not saved can still function in the principles of generosity and it will benefit them? For example, another one is the laws of sowing and reaping. They work for everybody, even if you're not a believer. I believe this uh, this concept of focus is similar in this regard. It will work and help people no matter where they are in life. However, we're not going to just limit ourselves to the principle outside of God's kingdom because we want to not only learn to focus, but focus on the right thing, okay? We want to keep our eye on what is good, what is right, and... You know, this principle, uh, you might remember Matthew 7, 7, where Jesus said, ask and it will be given unto you. And remember the next one, seek and you will find, seek and you will find. Do you know that's one of those principles that, that kind of works even if you're not seeking God? I mean, we think of it in that context and we should. I'm seeking after God and I'm going to find the things of God in my life. But what about a person who just kind of in general uses that principle? They seek something. Uh, well, have you ever been in the market for a new house to buy a house? And, 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 and as soon as you really set your mind on that, all of a sudden, without notice, real estate signs started popping up all over the city. Everywhere you drove, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. Well, did everyone decide to put their house for sale the moment you decided you wanted to buy one? No, they just started uh, being noticed by you. Same thing if you're looking for a car of a certain model or certain type or color or a truck. Uh, as soon as you start looking for one, you start seeing them all over the place. Okay. What if you're set, what if you've set your mind on the things of God? What if you've set your heart to seek after Him? What's going to happen? He's going to show up. He's going to become more obvious to you. It's not that He wasn't there before. But you'll start noticing in him, noticing him. And the more we can notice the works of God, the more we can identify that was a blessing from God. That was help from him. That was a word speak, being spoken to me. The more you see that, the, the, the bigger it will become. It'll become more obvious. And I believe this as well, because we're not just talking about a principle. We're talking about a person. When you seek after him, he will say more to you. When you set your mind on him, he will reveal himself more to you. You will get to experience more of God than you ever have before. Some of that's because you're operating in the the law. Another part of that is because he's delighted that you are. And if you put your mind on him, he, he, he will not ignore you. Hallelujah. And so, uh, this is a, a very big key to our relationship with God. If I can focus on Him, it lights up. It's a key to receiving from Him. If I can focus on what I'm receiving, it becomes much easier. As a believer, we not only want to focus, but focus on the right thing. And so, I want to, to, to teach you how to focus on God. It will be so 
helpful and beneficial in your life. Now think about it. If a person has gotten off track, off track spiritually, off track in their life, their relationship with God, I can tell you that they have been looking at the wrong things. Just fact. Maybe you're watching today and you have gotten away from God. You used to be in a better place, used to be following Him closely, but you're not anymore. I guarantee you, this is your case. I don't need a special word of knowledge from the Lord or a vision or any supernatural revelation. I can just tell you this. You got your mind on other things. You set your heart on things other than God. There is no chance that we are going to put our mind on Him and be single-minded towards Him and get off track. Okay, those things are incompatible with each other. And so because this is so important, I see that every part of my life is connected to my ability to keep my focus on Him. Amen. Listen, if if you have received a revelation of redemption in some area, you can say for certain, I know the Lord has redeemed me from, and you can name any kind of curse or any kind of ill or darkness in this world, Um, but you're not experiencing it. You know it. I know the scriptures. I know the promises. I believe this is true, but it's not your experience. Can I tell you something? Your focus is off. You are focused on something other than what you know to be correct, what you know to be true. Hallelujah. I know that that might seem like a strong word, but I can tell you experiences in my own life. Maybe I will later on in the series, but I'm saying anything from healing and that type of stuff. When you're not receiving it, you either don't know the truth, and that's true with a lot of people. Many people have been taught incorrectly or they haven't been taught at all. So that's one thing. But after that revelation comes, I can tell you when I've, when I am able to get focused, that's when I experience God's blessing, focused on what I know focused on what Jesus has already done for me. But there are, I tell you, there is a war out there. There's a war for our souls. You understand what I mean by that? Uh, When I say war for our soul, I'm not just talking about our soul in eternity being saved or lost. Certainly that's the case. I'm talking about there is a war right now for our souls, our minds, our way of thinking, our attention, our focus. There is a battle for you right now. If God wins, you win. If Satan wins, you lose. And so we should know this is where the battle is. This is the, the battleground that we have to win on, okay? Uh, there are many voices in the world today, you know, many conflicting beliefs, and we're all challenged with, with these. I want you to know that God is not confusing you, though. The Lord just has me all confused right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the Lord does not have any of us confused. Well, Pastor, then you have me confused. No, I don't have you confused. You were confused already. I just put the light on it and, and helped it to show up. I tell you what, the Lord, here's what the scripture says. 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty three: For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So he's not here to confuse us. He's here to give us peace in the middle of whatever is happening. The devil wants to confuse, distract, misdirect. He wants to take our attention to the wrong thing. I remember 
hearing uh, the story that uh, of Brother Hagen back in the early 50s when he had a vision with the Lord. The Lord appeared to him and taught him about how to deal with uh, demons and de- demonic oppression and, oh, and all that stuff. And uh, towards the end of that time where the Lord was teaching him, he said, this little demon, this little imp-like, monkey-like looking demon came in there and stood before between him and the Lord and started jumping up and down and creating some kind of puff of smoke and and just this cloud and and started just yelling out yakety yak yakety yak yakety yak and and as he was watching this he was concerned because the lord kept talking <laughs> but he said he couldn't understand what he was saying he couldn't see him he was he was obstructed and he was so frustrated that he was missing what the lord was saying to him until finally he got so uh you know frustrated with it uh, maybe that's not the right word but he reached his point and he said he basically said to the demon get in jesus name I bind you, whatever he said exactly. And the thing fell on the floor and just dropped. And all of a sudden, uh, his work, he's just there on the floor whimpering. He said, told him to get out of there. And then he could hear what the Lord was saying again. And, and there was more to that revelation about our authority in Christ and so forth. Uh, nevertheless, I want you to know how the enemy works. Whether you have such a dramatic experience like that or not, the enemy wants to get between you and God and, and bring up a puff of smoke and distraction and yell yakety yak or whatever he can do so you can't see the Lord anymore. What do we do? Well, if that's the case, t- t- use the name of Jesus. I command the confusion, the darkness, the distractions to leave my life, to go from me in Jesus' name. I mean, no, you resist the devil and he will flee from you. Praise God. And, and so the enemy is a great distractor. He wants to distract you and me from all that is good and all that is right. Think about what areas he may want to distract us in. How about our prayer lives? All right. Does, when you go to pray, have you ever been distracted? Well, if, he, if we can be focused, we can be effective. If we can be focused, we can stay in a place long enough to get the answer and get the job done. If we get distracted, before you know it, you start to pray and you've got something else to do. Something else occupies your mind. He wants to hinder us in our prayer lives. What about our life's purpose or calling? He wants to get me off track. He wants to get you out of your God-given purpose for life. And if he can, he's won the, he's won the battle. He wants to distract you from fulfilling your call or purpose in life. What about the Word? Distracting us with circumstances so we get our eyes off of the prize. We get our minds off of the Word and off of the promise and off of what God has given to us. If He can work in you to distract you and get you onto the feeling, onto the circumstance, onto what someone else has said and what they've done against you, then that's how He wins. But if I can say, you know, I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm not going to give my attention to that. I'm going to keep my eyes on the Word of God. I'm going to keep my eyes on the Lord Jesus and what He has done for me. And if I can stay there long enough, what He said becomes my reality. It becomes my experience. Praise God. I know even in church services, uh, say <laughs> the enemy works to distract. All right? Say, does, does the devil come to church? He certainly does. Jesus taught us He comes to steal the Word. Uh but in, in services, you, that's why you've seen me many times kind of be annoyed. Have you seen me be annoyed? Did I show that outwardly? Uh, at times when we're doing something really 
really important, like salvation, and there's distractions in the room. I'm like, ah, don't do that, don't do that. I, I don't want the enemy to use anything to pull someone's mind off of the most important decision of their life. And nowadays we have them galore. And listen, I'm not down on you, but we have phones and things that go off and things buzz in our pocket and, and, and all kinds of things to keep us away from being focused. If I could encourage you, find a way to get rid of that stuff for times of prayer, for times of meditation, for times of focus and concentration and worship on the things of God. Because your focus makes the difference in this being effective. Praise God. How does deception happen? How how do magicians trick you? You ever been to a good magic show? You know, what are they doing? Well, they're basically misdirecting. You know, a good illusionist, as they as they're called, they'll get you to look over here while they're doing something over here. All right, or you know, I'm doing like that. I'm thinking of like a boxer or something. <laughs> you know, or. Or they're, you know, while, while you're doing something over here, they're putting something in their pocket or getting it out of their sleeve or doing something. And you say, oh, how did that happen? How did they do that? Where did that come from? Or where did that go? Well, it wasn't really difficult. You just weren't looking in the right place at the right time. And they become skilled at misdirection. Okay. Uh, think about how deception happens. Okay. The devil is the deceiver. Uh, and what does he do to us? Well, he tries to get us to look the wrong way. Look over here when we're supposed to be looking somewhere else. Put, put your attention over here and, and, and instead of right here. Okay. When it comes to sin, look at the temporary pleasure of this activity instead of the long-term benefit of serving God. We got misdirected. And in the moment we were deceived because we looked the wrong way. Amen. I, I tell you, uh, they get you to look the wrong way and, and the enemy's trying to get us to look the wrong way. He's trying to grab our Focus. An illusion is something that deceives by producing a false or misleading impression of reality. I want to see things the way they are. I don't want to be deceived as to the way things really are. You know that phrase, do not be deceived, is, is used four times in the New Testament. Do not be deceived. What does that tell you? That tells me, there's a real high probability that if I don't keep my eye on the ball, I'm going to be deceived. That if I don't keep my focus on the word and promises and purpose of God for my life, I can be distracted and I could miss out on what he really wants for me. You know, in the, in the Old uh, Testament, the Old Covenant, the Lord gave Israel the, the law, gave them many, many commandments, gave them instructions on many things. One of them had to do with their their marriages, had to do with uh, taking wives from other other nations. Okay, here, here, here's what it says. I'll read it to you in Deuteronomy 7, beginning in 3. Nor shall you make marriages with them, these other nations. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son, for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. Uh, I know some, some people have, have taken that 
that type of verbiage, and they've tried to turn it into a race issue, thinking that God didn't want people of different skin tones to marry each other, and that's not what he was saying there at all. It's about idolatry. It's about serving false gods. He said, don't you let your kids marry those kids from those other nations, or they're going to turn them away from me. Here's what God is interested in, a, a misdirected focus. Here's what the Lord is interested in our lives. He wants us to serve Him and Him alone and seek Him all of our days. And so you've got to get some of this other stuff out of your life so it doesn't pull you away from Him. Hallelujah. Um, In the the New Testament, then, Paul wrote 2 Corinthians 6.14, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? So same principle. He said, if you're a believer now, you don't get yoked with an unbeliever. What's the problem? He said, you have nothing really in common. Anything that matters, your spiritual life, you do not have that in common with them. And often you get distracted by it, distracted or pulled away. I don't know why it is this way. We all want to be an influence in the world and win people to the Lord and share, them, share with them the love of God and so forth. But, you know, if you were to handcuff yourself to another person, one, one arm on your arm, one, one on the other cuff on the other person's arm, and, and one of you got on the table, on a table, the other person got on the floor, kind of hung your, your hand off the floor, which would be easier for the person on the table to pull the other one up or the person on the ground to pull the person on the table down. For, for some reason, it, it seems that when, when believers with their attention on the Lord get too connected with or yoked up with those who are serving other gods, which would be anything but the Lord, and it seems to be easier for them to pull you away or get your attention off of God than for you to get your theirs to you. Now, we want to win them, but the way to win them is not by being yoked with them. You know, Paul, when he was writing the books and New Testament and so forth, he was not married. And he wrote some things in 1 Corinthians 7 about marriage and being single and marriage and divorce and remarriage and all that kind of stuff. He covered that subject. But he made this recommendation of people staying single. And I know when I was single, I didn't like those verses. Because I didn't want to be single. I didn't think I had that gift. He did mention it as being a gift to do that. But I want you to think about his, his, uh, the way, his manner of thinking in that regard uh, and how that affects us. Married or single, listen to the principle. 1 Corinthians seven thirty two. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. He who is, uh, he who is married... Cares, uh, did I say that right? He who is unmarried cares about the things of the Lord. Verse 33, he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be uh, holy both in body and in spirit, but she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. Look at his goal. 
It's the only reason he's saying all this. I want you to serve the Lord and not be distracted. Why is that so important? Because if you get distracted, ultimately you may not even be serving the Lord. Okay, Amplified says there, to secure your undistracted and undivided devotion to the Lord. Here's the only way to make life work. Here is the only way to make a relationship with God work. It's to serve Him undivided. Not doing two things, doing one thing. It's that single eye that allows our lives to be filled with light. Amen. I know there's a condition, you know, we live in a fallen world and that by itself is the reason why many people start off in a bad situation. You know, a lot of uh, kids are um, born today with a condition that's known as uh, ADHD, right? Or that's the highway department. ADHD, that's the right, I said that right. <laughs> Sorry. I did write it down right, but I got confused there for a moment. <laughs> but this condition that some deal with, and among other uh, symptoms of that condition, many times they are not able to pay attention to things very long. They lack focus. Now, if you understand God, you know, God's the healer, not the, the, the sick maker, uh, the Lord is for us and not against us. So this is a fallen world. It's either the devil directly or indirectly. Any kind of disease or any kind of uh, limitation in life is ultimately not from God. You understand where, where, where I'm going with this? So think about it. God's design, his best is that people be able to set their minds on him and stay there. Any kind of attack, like a condition or something else, these are these all serve to limit, to try to hinder our ability to walk with God and receive from Him. So you can see how God works, how the enemy works. Uh, Psalm 34 and verse 10 reads this way. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Well, that's quite a statement there, isn't it? It's pretty all-inclusive. These people will not lack anything that's good. They won't lack anything that's good. How do they get to that point? They, If they will seek the Lord. Well, what does that mean? That means I'm taking my mind and I'm setting it on Him. That means I've got him in my focus. I have given him all of my attention. If I will do that, he will guarantee that nothing good will be withheld from me. He will manifest his goodness in my life. Isaiah 55 and verse 6 reads, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. What's the word? Seek the Lord. We can seek a lot of things in life. There are a lot of things vying for our attention, and some of them even seem worthy. But I tell you, nothing is more worthy. Nothing can replace a heart that seeks the Lord. If we will set our focus on Him, it'll pay off big time. When should we do that? It says here, while He may, or while He is near. Are you saying that if I don't seek the Lord today, that maybe I won't be able to tomorrow? Yep. 
I don't know that for sure. I don't know that what tomorrow holds for you. But I do know this. When he reveals himself to us like he is now, that is the time to decide. That is the time to draw near. That is the time to seek him. Say, this sounds like a good principle, Pastor. I think I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna, I've got some good notes today, and, uh, and I really like this. Uh, sometimes people say to me, Pastor, that was a really good message today. And don't, don't get me wrong, I'm thankful and grateful, and I appreciate the warm uh, feedback and everything else. But here's my question. Not was this a good message. What are you doing with it? Are, are, are you going to remove some distractions from your life? Are you going to pay special attention to, 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 to designing your day, your week, your month in a way where you can focus on him? That's what would make me happy. That's what would thrill my heart is if we would see him and not see other things. Like I said, there are so many things vying for our attention today. It takes a real intentional act to keep God in, as our focus. What distracts you? You know, maybe it's technology or we all have to deal with that these days. What becomes a hindrance to you? Could it be technology? Could it be, you know, other people that you need to get away from? Could it be your schedule that just is so slammed that you don't have any time to seek the Lord? Uh, you know, maybe it could be, um, you know, money, the Lord definitely tied that to this double-mindedness. Uh, maybe it's just the pursuit of worldly things. Listen, in a minute, we're all out of here. None of that's going to matter. The Lord wants you to prosper and be in health in this life for sure. But I tell you, none of that compares with, with being centered on and focused on his will and plan for our lives, seeking his kingdom first. What gets in your way? I have a couple friends that, that years ago, uh, separately they neither of them had tvs in their home for years and this was before we all had a screen in our pocket that we could watch anything and they just they just didn't have a tv in their home for years now i'm not telling you to do that and i have a tv more than one and and uh, but, but i'm just giving you as an illustration there are some things sometimes practically that practically that we can do that help us to focus on him and it is worth every effort. You know, there was a king in the Old Testament named uh, Rehoboam. Not a good king. Rehoboam was a guy that did a lot of bad things. And one verse that describes the way he lived reads this way. It's Second Chronicles twelve fourteen, And he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Why might we do evil? Probably the same thing. If we don't give attention and focus to, to setting our hearts, to preparing ourselves to seek after God, to keep him first and keep him in our focus, it is so easy to be distracted and we're off living like the world. And all this right before Jesus comes back. What a tragedy that would be. Amen. I believe the Lord wants to help you. He wants to help you today. 
not only to identify those things that distract and keep you away, but to help you to see Him, to fix your eyes on Jesus and His Word today. And so He can move in your life in a greater way than He ever has before. Amen. Praise God.